This is Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. Are you one of those people who are tempted by a trip on an historic steam train, hey? Some people travel the world to experience different railways and enjoy the nostalgia of the train trip with a big heaving steam engine at the front. Well, the UK, the home of steam-driven technology, is quite a few such historic rail lines. And one exceptional example is the Keeley and Worth Valley Railway. It's in West Yorkshire. For those who like their English literature, that's Emily Bronte country. The railway runs steam and heritage diesel, service, diesel services on a unique five-mile branch line. From the industrial landscape of Keeley all the way to this stunning Bronte country district around Oxenhope. And you know what? It sounds like this. I know steam buffs. <laughs> Noel Hartley is the business and operations manager for the Keeley and Worth Valley Railway Limited, as well as the driver, both the steam and diesel engines, and is with us tonight. Noel, good evening. Good evening. Uh, Afternoon in the UK, absolutely. Well, it's yes, yeah, good, good afternoon to you, exactly. Yes, how big an operation is the line? Tell us a bit about the journey. It's uh, from where to where again. So, so yeah, the, it's a steam railway, it runs from uh, Heathley Station, once Yorkshire, uh, you can to Ox and Hope Station. Uh, we've got six stations in total. So, you've got so Heathley, then Ingrow West, Diamond Station. And Oakwood Station, which is famous for the railway children. I don't know how, how famous it is in Australia, but it's uh, well known over here. Mm. Uh, then you've got Howarth, which is um, very well known for the Bron- Brontes. Uh, yes. And, and that, side, that side of things, build a little village. Um, and then it runs up to Oxenhope. So it's it's five miles in total. Um, so it's actually quite short for the number of stations we've got. It was, it was built, say, um, a branch line that served. Uh, um, cotton mills in the industrial revolution so it was um yeah it was it was built there to, to serve the mills mainly but then they actually um started having quite a lot after right. so how many steam how many steam engines have you got there not no and um, so we, we've got we've got six or seven operate um, and we've also got about the and sort of 10 or 12 uh, that are that's sort of in store as well we've, uh, we've got quite a lot we're uh, and uh, locomotives and diesel. Okay, you've got. <laughs> I love this, and you've also got some quite old carriages too. I understand. We have got. We've got quite a selection, and um, got some stuff that dates from the late eighteen hundreds uh, right through to the nineteen sixties and seventies. So it's quite a variety. Some of them are. Some of them are added based on the Lancashire and Yorkshire Railway, which is a, a local. Local company that used to operate in the in the eighteen Yeah, and then one of the one of the carriages is a nineteen thirty Pullman. Is that right? That's right. And the kind of Orient Express style. Company. Yeah, yes, we yeah. two of those two. How do you how do you maintain these things, Noel? Because you know the 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 kind of carriage work, the upholstery, the all. I mean. Putting aside the steam engines and all the all the engineering involved there, but just the carriages themselves. How do how do you maintain them? It's a volunteer operation, I understand, but you need skills, don't you? How where are they coming from? Yeah, that's right. Um, we we have um, 
I mean, in total of the rail, at this particular railway, we've got seven hundred volunteers that, that give their time free uh, to whether it's whether it's operate trains or repair. And I think you know, over the years, many of these people have, have even grown up here, or they or they've used historic skills that they've gained through work, or they've learned learned skills while they've been here. Old house to do things like restore restore carriages, maintain them to the and the 21st century standard that needs to be that needs to be there nowadays. Mm. And um, I think I think there are there are you know we do need particular carriages, need network skills, the work skills, the knowledge of the safety system that beyond there. So it's quite a wide ranging um, skill set that we do. Yeah, uh, and it tends to be a variety of people that have either. Like I said, learn that through a trade that they've already done, or or they some some people even just learn it here through um, work. Yeah, I'm being told I'm not pronouncing I'm not pronouncing the first the fir- first part of this correctly. It's Keithley, not Keely. Is that right? It is Keithley. Yes, Keithley. Yeah. <laughs> well, how? Yes, of course. Of course, I would have guessed that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now look. look no, Noel, the, Noel Hartley's with us. He's the business and operations manager for the Keithley and Worth Valley Railway Limited, which is uh, a railway in the UK that operates steam uh, and diesel engines on uh, a piece of track. Beautiful historic old engines, including in uh, in May there'll be a very significant centenary because you'll be featuring the Flying Scotsman. Now. It'll be the hundredth birthday of the Flying Scotsman. It was a London North East Railway locomotive, L N E R, built in nineteen twenty three. What conditions uh, she in now these days? Uh, pretty good, yeah. I mean, it, I did. I used to actually work with that loco a few years ago, and it, it was when it first came back into um, service in well, the first most recent came back into service in basically. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just. Just had another another kind of mini refurbishment as well, so it's ready for its birthday this year. So, I, I mean, we're we're looking forward to um, hosting it for around a month, uh, where it's going to do some some running and down our railway, and also some uh, some static stuff where there's an opportunity to come along and, and come to one of our events that we're running, where that'll kind of be the, the centerpiece in the middle of it all for people to kind of come. Get close up to be able to look on the book plane, be able to walk through the corridor center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the Flying Scotsman, I mean, it's it's a, it's it's set all sorts of records, hasn't it? Uh, in fact, it's been to Australia. The Flying Scotsman, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, it it, it came in there. Uh, was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Um, one of the trips where it did, it kind of was able to because because you guys have quite a large country with long bits of railway, it was able to go and. Uh, for the longest non-stop run that a steam locomotive has ever done, so it went that miles. Exactly, exactly. It was on. No, yeah, that's right. It set a record for the longest non-stop run by a steam lo- locomotive. It ran f- four hundred twenty-two miles, which is six hundred seventy-nine kilometres in uh, nineteen eighty-nine in August, while it was here here in, here in Australia. But it's also set other records, hasn't it? It was the, it was the it was the first officially authenticated steam loco to reach a hundred miles an hour. I understand. Yeah, that's right, and and that was that was kind of a big thing for the London and North East the Railway at the time. There was it was a, it was a time when the the big four 
railway companies in the UK were trying to try to get one over on on each other, basically. So they were they were you know they were trying to either go go the fastest they could or go for the longest they could, and, you know, cut jade time and that sort of thing. So it was it was all about it was all about either the luxury of the train that you were travelling on or the speed that it took the amount of time it took to get from in you know one city to another. So for the L and the R to be the first one to get the magic hundred mile an hour, that was kind of really special for them at the time and something that they used a lot as a mark. Yeah. Kind of solo solo mill. <laughs> Can you get up in the cabin of the loco if you if you <laughs> if you're a steam enthusiast? Can you I don't know, perhaps shovel some coal, can you? Yeah, you can you can, yeah. I mean we we regularly um, like to invite you know, members of the public onto the engine when it's when it's uh, at one of the stations. You know, just so particularly for the, the kids to be able to have a look on. Because you know, n- nowadays, um, you know, the majority of children won't have seen a coal fire, and it's not something that you really get in great. No, oh, exactly. Some people have solid fuel stoves nowadays, but you know, the whole open coal fire is particularly something as, as big as what it is in the steam look. Oh, it's quite. Um, Quite something for a child to see. So it, it, some like it, some don't want step to get on there. But it, it's uh, we do like to be able to do that and, and be able to speak to people and understand what they're interested in railways is and where that kind of thing. So it, it's great to be able to do that. And, and it's some it's another thing that people remember as well. Especially you know um, one of the comments we get from people who are a bit older who come along and say you know oh we we remember steam engines operating in the 1960s and it and they might not see what bought the and they come here and, and see it again it brings it just brings it all back the smell of it the sight of it you know being able to stand uh, play it's really uh, special yeah that's great deborah says last year i traveled the jacobite that's the harry potter journey from fort william in scotland to maloig sensational experience oh it would be because it would go over that famous railway bridge i imagine uh, as well I'm getting a few. I'm getting a bit of support here, uh, Noel, because James has said I just turned on and had a chuckle. I was in uh, Keithley, got into trouble frequently for saying Keely because my daughter's name is Keely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there we are. How, look, they must require enormous amount of attention. Steam engines don't they to keep going? They do. Um, they're very. In some ways, it was no wonder they got rid of. Because yeah. they're very, <laughs> very expensive to run, very labour-intensive. You know, they need um, it, it, they take they take four hours to warm up in the morning. Yep. Um, you know, you have to you have to lubricate. You know, it's sometimes over a hundred points on a on a locomotive, but well, even and wheel and and there's there's things like you know you've got to you've got to clean the ash out from beneath the fire. There's a there's a ash collection box at the front of the boiler well. And they can only run twenty four days before they need to be stopped. The boiler washed out, loads of it's cleaned out, and, and loads of maintenance done. So, mm. but compared with modern locomotives or, or units that will run, you know, day after day, we we that really need much doing. I can imagine. I can imagine. Right. All right. Well, good luck with it, Noel. It's been terrific talking with you, and uh, I'm I'm glad we got uh, we got a uh, mention of the. Flying Scotsman's Australian connection in here as well. Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. And I hope uh, I hope some of the yeah, listeners answer coming across. Yeah, exactly. To Keithley <laughs> for the Keithley and <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Noel. Good on you. Bye bye. 
You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife. Roll on.